0: If you don't pay too much attention to political news or tend to block it out as much as you can, the story of Hunter Biden and his laptop computer, currently the subject of multiple investigations, can sound like just the annoying, blustering background noise, very loud noise of a highly polarized country.
1: Cover up the actions of a politically associated family.
2: Who bribed Hunter Biden to be here? What are are you afraid of?
3: I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump Trump attack
0: machine.
3: Stark contrast to the Trump crime family.
0: And mostly, it is just noise. But for all of the critics of the Bidens and their completely predictable hyperbole... This is like an organized crime unit. Republicans in the U.S. House of Representatives leading the charge have not shown any convincing evidence of their main accusation, that Joe Biden, during either the time he was vice president or president, benefited financially from Hunter's business deals, or that he steered U.S. foreign policy to help enrich Hunter or his business partners. Even right-wing Fox News, which has covered Hunter Biden as aggressively as House Republicans have investigated him, has made this point.
1: The House Oversight Committee has been at this for years, and they have so far not been able to provide any concrete evidence that Joe Biden personally profited from his son Hunter's overseas business.
0: And for all of Hunter Biden's defenders and their predictable downplaying...
3: The only thing they have uncovered is that Joe Biden is the father of Hunter Biden, that's it.
0: There are some questions that beg for an answer. Why did the mainstream media take so long to really cover this story? Why did so many high ranking former US intelligence officials knock it down as Russian disinformation? And why did big tech suppress it on social media? Were they all in on a big conspiracy?
4: expose the unholy alliance between the intelligence community, social media platforms, and legacy media outlets.
0: Or are there more plausible, rational explanations? And what's at risk to U.S. national security when family members try to trade on their access to top government officials? When you're
3: vice president, isn't there a higher standard? Don't you need to know... No. What's happening with your family? Don't you need to put down some guardrails? Unless there was something, that was, there was something on his face that was wrong. There's nothing on its face that was wrong. So, Look, if you want to talk about problems, you know, let's talk about Trump's family.
0: How does Hunter Biden's saga compare to past first-family follies or the deal-making by Trump and his children while they were in government? With the Republican-controlled House of Representatives planning to spend many more months and taxpayer dollars investigating the Bidens, and with the topic likely to be a drumbeat throughout the 2024 presidential campaign, it's time to clear through the noise and zero in on a few worthwhile questions. I'm Peter Bergen. If you haven't been paying too much attention to the Hunter Biden story, this episode of In the Room is for you. Hunter Biden, now 54, is President Joe Biden's only living son. He's facing intense public scrutiny, criminal charges and congressional investigations into whether his foreign business dealings enriched his dad and harmed the United States.
5: We need to know whether Joe Biden is compromised by these schemes and if our national security is threatened.
0: That's Kentucky Republican Representative James Comer who chairs the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, and coined the really memorable phrase, Biden crime family.
5: This is an influence peddling scheme to enrich the Bidens.
0: Hunter is the focal point of a Republican Party strategy to diminish and possibly impeach President Biden. An inquiry launched last year by the former U.S. House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy.
1: These are allegations of abuse of power Obstruction and corruption.
0: Democrats call the congressional inquiries a fishing expedition, and President Biden has consistently denied any connection to Hunter's money making schemes. Have
1: you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings?
3: I've never spoken to my son about his
0: overseas business dealings. The linchpin of this scrutiny is Hunter Biden's old laptop computer, which he abandoned in a Delaware repair shop. Then, copies of its hard drive, fell into the hands of Donald Trump's 2020 presidential campaign.
1: And Hunter Biden's laptop from hell, it has everything. It's a hellhole and cesspool of corruption and criminal conduct.
0: The saga began almost five years ago, in April 2019, two weeks before Joe Biden announced his presidential campaign, when Hunter went to the Mac shop, a computer repair store in Wilmington, a few miles from the Biden family residence. It was Friday night, about 10 minutes before closing, and Hunter came in with three liquid damaged MacBooks. That's John Paul Mac Isaac, the shop owner. In 2022, he explained to Patrick Bett David, host of the PBD podcast, what he was thinking that night when Hunter came in. The 15 inch MacBook Pro had a uh, Bo
2: Biden Foundation sticker on it. So I kind of instantly assumed that these were his deceased brother's laptops. I didn't discover until I started doing
0: the data recovery the following day, that this was not his deceased brother's laptops. That these were actually his. The story of Hunter and his big brother, Bo is fairly well known. They were little boys, just under three and four, when they were seriously injured in a car crash that killed their mother and baby sister back in 1972. Their father, Joe, had just been elected to the U.S. Senate, and he took his oath of office in their hospital room.
3: There's a conflict between my being a good father and being a good senator, which I hope will not occur. We can always get another senator, but they can't get another father.
0: It's safe to say that they were each other's closest friends, best friends. Michael LaRosa is a public affairs consultant who worked as a press secretary for the Biden 2020 campaign and in the Biden White House. He was primarily assigned to the first lady, Jill Biden. She married Joe Biden in 1977. The boys called her simply mom. They don't
4: use and they have never used the term stepson or stepchildren. Hunter and
0: Beau were her kids, are her kids and her sons. Beau was a rising political star, Delaware's attorney general, planning to run for governor. When Beau died of cancer in 2015 at the age of 46, the tight knit Biden family was devastated. What I can say about that gaping hole inside the family is that it still exists. Hunter, who'd struggled with alcohol and drug addiction much of his adult life, completely derailed.
3: I spent more time on my hands and knees picking through rugs, smoking anything that even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I went one time for 13 days without sleeping and Smuggling crack and drinking vodka exclusively
0: throughout that entire time. Hunter's descent into the abyss occurred during the end of his father's tenure as Barack Obama's vice president. The pain of losing Beau was one of the reasons Joe Biden didn't run for president in 2016. In 2020, when he won the Democratic nomination to face President Donald Trump at the height of the coronavirus pandemic... Hunter, along with his sister, Ashley, introduced their father at the virtual national convention. He'll listen. He'll be there when you need him. He'll
3: tell you the truth even when you don't want to hear it. He'll never let you down. He'll be
5: rock steady.
0: The strongest shoulder you can ever lean on. He'll be During the campaign, the public started hearing about Hunter's personal problems and his business dealings. Trump brought them up in a presidential debate. Hunter got thrown out of the
3: military. He was thrown out dishonorably discharged. That's not true. For it wasn't Cocaine use. And he didn't have a job until you became vice president. once you None became of that vice is president, true. he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. He made my son, a fortune. My son. And he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we you know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's 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 fixed it. He's worked on it, and I'm proud of him. But why was he given my tens right, but he giving right, tens of millions? But he wasn't given tens of totally, millions. That is of that Trump, totally, that is totally We've this already been totally already been, discredited.
0: This probably sounded pretty opaque to most people watching. Trump was alluding first and foremost to Hunter's time on the board of directors of Burisma, a privately owned natural gas company in Ukraine. That gig began when his father was vice president in 2014 and lasted five years, with Burisma paying Hunter around $4 million. Though he lacked any experience in the energy industry, Hunter claimed he was qualified for the job. He was a lawyer and lobbyist, and he ran his own consulting business. He'd worked for the US Commerce Department and Catholic Charities, chaired the World Food Program USA and served on the board of Amtrak. Yet it seems very likely that Hunter got the Burisma gig not so much because of his resume, but because of who his father is. When he was asked by a reporter in 2019 whether he would have been invited to join the board if he had had a different family name, Hunter had this to say. I don't know.
3: I don't know, probably not. I I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life if my last name wasn't Biden.
0: It's not just that his name probably helped him get the job. Presumably, Burisma figured his name might translate into access and influence. So the fact that as Vice President, Joe Biden led the Obama administration's policymaking on Ukraine, that was not a good look. During the 2020 campaign, Joe Biden insisted there'd be no conflict of interest.
3: I never discussed a single thing with my son about anything having to do with Ukraine. No one has indicated I have.
0: Even without influencing public policy, a fundamental question about Hunter's business dealings was whether he parlayed his name and his relationship with his father into riches for himself. To give you a sense of how subtle this can be, listen to Hunter's ex-wife, Kathleen Buell. After their divorce in 2017, She said this in her memoir.
2: From the moment Joe was announced as Barack's running mate, people started treating us differently. When Joe was a senator, people had taken an interest in us, but now we were on a whole new level.
0: There's also the account of Hunter's former business partner, Devin Archer, who was subpoenaed to testify behind closed doors before the House Oversight Committee last year. Archer told the committee he'd heard Joe Biden call Hunter around 20 times over a decade when Hunter's business partners happened to be with him. Archer said Hunter tended to put his father on speaker when those calls came in. Democratic New York Representative Dan Goldman was in the room for Archer's testimony. And they never once spoke about any business
2: dealings. As he described it, it was all casual conversation, niceties, the weather, what's going on. There wasn't a single conversation about any of the business dealings that Hunter had.
0: Archer later spoke to Tucker Carlson for his broadcast on X. I can
4: definitively say at
0: particular dinners
4: or meetings, he knew there were business associates, or if I was there, I was a business associate too. I don't know if it was an orchestrated call-in or not. It certainly was powerful though, because You know, if you're sitting with a foreign business person and you hear the vice president's voice, that's prize
0: enough. In the rear view, it's an abuse of soft power, I'd say. Hunter's laptop, with its business records and correspondence, and more than 200 gigabytes of personal data, would provide a roadmap for investigators in the U.S. Congress, the IRS, and the Justice Department. As House Republicans do the math, having also obtained thousands of bank records, they say Hunter... His family members and his business associates allegedly collected $24 million in the 2010s from foreign entities in Ukraine, China, Russia, Romania, and Kazakhstan. Ohio Republican Representative Mike Turner chairs the House Intelligence Committee. This
2: is a great concern because you have foreign individuals that are making payments to the son of the vice president, now son of the right. president, and, and obviously, they're buying something. They weren't buying his business advice. They were buying influence.
0: In that context, the question that Representative Comer has asked is a fair one.
5: Is our president compromised because of the millions and millions of dollars that his family has received from foreign nationals?
0: Questions about Hunter's activities and communications stored in his laptop have been building blocks to the impeachment inquiry now facing the president.
5: Remember, our investigation is of Joe Biden. It always has been.
0: And the president's son, obviously... Is a, is a person of interest. But as a person of interest, Hunter Biden is the star of this saga. Republicans are pressing to know why Hunter founded or partnered with as many as 20 companies after his father became vice president. And what exactly did he do to earn his income? Florida Republican Representative Byron Donalds, worked in the banking and finance industries before coming to Congress.
2: The Biden family doesn't really have a business. There is no business structure around this family, except politics.
0: But many of the House Republicans' findings so far appear to be overhyped. Remember that $24 million they said Hunter, his family, and his associates earned during the decade examined? It turns out only $7 million went to Hunter, Still a lot of money, but the majority went to his associates. House Republicans have also flagged bank checks from Hunter to his father as suspicious. But they have a perfectly good explanation, which isn't about corruption. For example, Hunter gave his father $4,000 as payback for a loan to buy a Ford Raptor truck. And Republicans have not shown any quid pro quo, any official acts that Joe Biden took that might have been influenced by his son. Even the current Republican House Speaker, Mike Johnson, has admitted that the probe has a lot left to prove.
2: There is a lot of smoke here, and uh, Congress has a responsibility to find the fire if it exists, and that's what they're doing right now.
0: Impeachment is usually about the actions of the U.S. president when he is in office. But the questions about Hunter's business dealings revolve around the years when his father was a private citizen, or... Obama's number two. There's nothing that then-Vice
5: President of the United States can do to control the decisions of his adult son. We have as parents enough trouble controlling the uh, decisions of our teenage
0: children. Richard Painter served as a chief White House ethics lawyer under President George W. Bush, whose brother, Neil, was the last presidential son to create a major headache. Neil's business dealings caused trouble for their father, George H.W. Bush, when he was president. In the Bush
5: administration, we were aware of the issues that President George H.W. Bush had had with
0: Neil Bush and the Silverado Savings and Loan. Silverado was a Colorado Savings and Loan bank that Neal served on the board of. When it went bankrupt, costing taxpayers a billion dollars, federal regulators accused Neil of gross negligence for failing to stop Silverado from making improper loans and for violating conflict of interest rules. In an election year, 1988, Neil Bush became the poster boy for the savings and loan crisis that cost U.S. taxpayers more than $120 billion in bailouts, and that hurt his father's campaign. Painter, who's now a professor at the University of Minnesota Law School, told me that Neal's troubles became a teachable moment for the next Bush White House.
5: So come around time for the George W. Bush administration, we made it really clear we're going to have no Bushes uh, in uh, the administration. None of the Bush family or people say, well, I know so-and-so in the Bush family. I want to meet the ambassador to such and such a country. No, we're not going to play that game. There's one Bush, George W. Bush, president of the United States, and we're not going to have family members or people say they know family members getting special access, whether it's to the White House or to any of the executive branch agencies or the embassies. And we had a couple of those calls. They refer to my office, and I get on the phone with an ambassador or somebody else and say, hey, look, uh, this is the deal. No Bushes. This is not a family retreat. And, uh, you know, they want to have the clam bake or whatever up at Kennebunkport. That's great. But that's not this White House, and that's not your embassy. So we're not doing that.
0: They're strikingly similar in a lot of ways. That's former Biden aide Michael LaRosa again.
4: Like many family members of politicians and presidents, Hunter sat on the board of a private company and gave advice and perspective. Hunter was not an expert in energy, Neil actually was in the oil and gas business but was sitting on the board of a financial institution of which he had no prior experience in as a a young 30-year-old. He was put on there for his perspective. And they were the two sons of sitting vice presidents who would eventually run for president. But is that a sort of whataboutism? The point of that is to say many people might find it unseemly that children or family members of politicians or presidents – can profit and gain lucrative opportunities that others might not just
0: because of their last name. It's also a tale as old as time, right? Indeed, it is. (music) Members of presidential families involved in shady financial schemes are as old as the White House itself, going back to the John Adams administration. In modern times, one of FDR's sons and one of Richard Nixon's brothers were involved in embarrassing business deals. Jimmy Carter's brother, Billy, marketed Billy Beer and was paid more than $200,000 by the regime of Libyan dictator Muammar Gaddafi to develop contacts and be an intermediary on potential oil deals. That prompted a Senate investigation. To give you a sense of how everything old is new again in Washington, Joe Biden was on the Senate committee that investigated Billy Carter. Bill Clinton's brother, Roger, was investigated for trying to cash in on pardon request. Hillary Clinton's brother, Hugh Rodham, did cash in, but then returned the money. Richard Painter believes the Bidens and the Obama White House had a choice when Hunter was offered the lucrative Burisma post.
5: Then-Vice President Joe Biden, uh, in retrospect... Uh, should have recused from everything having to do with Ukraine if his son, Hunter Biden, was going to go and get involved in business ventures in Ukraine, whether it's being on the board of a
0: Ukrainian gas company or something else. That didn't happen. Joe Biden remained in charge of Ukraine policy in the Obama White House. At a minimum, that gave the appearance of a potential conflict of interest. It also suggested pretty bad judgment. So when Ukraine became the centerpiece of Trump's first impeachment, in the months after Hunter Biden had dropped off his laptop at John Paul Mac Isaac's repair shop, Mac Isaac started to believe he had uncovered evidence that Trump could use to defend himself and to justify the pressure Trump had applied on Ukraine to investigate the Bidens. As Mac Isaac disclosed in his book, as he recovered Hunter's files, he immediately started perusing explicit photos and videos that caught his eye and some documents. One of the first he looked at was called Income.pdf, revealing Hunter's earnings for several years. Mac Isaac viewed the high paying Burisma job as a pay to play scheme to get Hunter to influence his father and policy toward Ukraine. After 90 days, Mac Isaac took an even deeper dive, having decided the computer now belonged to him. His repair agreements say so. He spent months organizing the laptop files because Hunter never came back to claim it and never paid the $85 repair fee.
2: He hired me to recover data from his laptop and he never paid and he never came and picked it up. So I had permission. And when, when he failed to collect it and it became my property, I tried to hand it over to the authorities.
0: Mac Isaac eventually did hand over the laptop to the FBI in December 2019, but not before he'd copied the hard drive for himself and others, including Hunter's personal messages, naked selfies, and explicit photos with women.
2: I saw a lot of compromising, a lot of embarrassing material on the laptop, and I realized that there's probably going to be a member on the staff or a Secret Service member that's going to find this piece of paperwork authorizing me to recover data, then I'm the only one on the planet that knows about that
0: behavior. Mac Isaac became paranoid, as he explained to the PBD podcast. I thought my days were numbered. When, when it
2: became my property and I'm thinking somebody's going to kick down my door, I'm, I'm waiting for it to happen.
0: After the FBI took possession of the actual laptop, Mac Isaac wanted to publicize its contents, but he also wanted to remain anonymous. So in the spring of 2020, he says he asked his father and uncle to contact a few conservative members of Congress and the media, but no one replied. I wanted to have
2: nobody know I existed, but I wanted the truth to get out, and then I realized the only way that was going to happen is if I knocked on the door of the a lawyer for the president of the United States. And that
0: worked. President Trump's personal lawyer at the time was former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. His office responded right away to an email from Mac Isaac. Mac Isaac then FedEx a copy of the hard drive to Giuliani's lawyer, who shared some of its contents with the New York Post, a conservative-leaning tabloid. The first Post story was published on October 14, 2020, just three weeks before Election Day. It alleged that Hunter had helped a top Burisma executive get a face-to-face meeting with his father in 2015 when he was vice president. The implication that Joe Biden in the Obama White House may have bent foreign policy to benefit his son's business deals. A thank you to Hunter from that Burisma executive was one of the emails from Hunter's laptop cited in the New York Post article. But Biden's staff and Hunter's lawyer denied any such meeting ever happened. The second Post story published the next day focused on a business deal Hunter had pursued with an energy company in China. That article included a 2017 email that's become an absolute focal point for Hunter's critics. It was sent by one of Hunter's partners to Hunter and two other partners. The subject line was expectations, and it listed each partner's initials with their proposed equity stake, 20% each for the four partners, plus 10% for Joe Biden's brother Jim, and, quote, 10 held by H for the big guy. Trump seized on the New York Post stories on the campaign trail. 10%
3: held by Hunter for the big guy. I wonder who the big guy was. The big guy.
0: Of course, Trump and his supporters alleged, and still do, that the big guy had to have been Joe Biden. That allegation was repeated in 2020 by a Hunter business partner copied on the China deal email, Tony Bobulinski.
5: I've heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false.
0: Bobolinsky said that the proposed allegation of equity in the email published by the New York Post was
3: correct. There's no question that H stands for Hunter,
5: big guy for his father, Joe Biden. In fact, Hunter often referred to his father as the big guy or my chairman.
0: But another partner, the one who actually wrote the email mentioning the big guy, contradicted Bobolinsky. He told the Wall Street Journal, quote, I am unaware of any involvement at any time of the former vice president. The activity in question never delivered any project revenue. As Election Day 2020 approached, the Hunter laptop stories didn't get much pickup in the press beyond the New York Post. And that fueled right-wing suspicions of a liberal or deep state cover-up, a belief in a coordinated response by the mainstream media, big tech, and even former high-ranking officials in the U.S. intelligence community to suppress information damaging to the Bidens.
4: What was more scandalous than the reporting itself, though, was the fact that it exposed the unholy alliance between the intelligence community, social media platforms, and legacy media outlets.
0: That's Emma Jo Morris, one of the New York Post reporters who co-authored the first stories about Hunter's laptop. She's now the political editor at the right-wing website Breitbart. She testified at a House hearing last year.
4: The stories were not based on hacked materials, nor were they Russian disinformation. And despite those claims appearing to come out of thin air at the time, we would eventually learn that they actually didn't come out of thin air at all.
0: Let's pick apart this theory a little. The idea that legacy media, social media companies, and the intelligence community were all in on an effort to discredit and suppress the Hunter Biden story, starting with the mainstream media. Why did news outlets initially downplay the Hunter laptop story? Simply put, journalism standards. Giuliani and the Trump campaign leaked copies of the laptop documents exclusively to the friendly New York Post, which generated the headlines they wanted. Other major newspapers and TV networks could not immediately independently verify the information. It wasn't until 2022 that media outlets like the New York Times, the Washington Post, CBS News and NBC News got a hold of copies of the hard drive and were able to verify the contents were real. They hired experts to examine the thousands of documents, emails, photos and videos and whether they'd been tampered with. How about the accusation against the U.S. intelligence community being part of a conspiracy to discredit the initial laptop reports? That hinges on what happened five days after the first New York Post story was published, when 51 former high-ranking U.S. intelligence officials released a letter saying that the purported Hunter emails had, quote, the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. In other words they might be fake. Although the signers of the letter did hedge a bit, they wrote, We do not know if the emails are genuine or not, and we do not have evidence of Russian involvement. Our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. Having lived through the Russian disinformation campaign of 2016, intended to damage Hillary Clinton and in doing so boost Donald Trump, The former U.S. intelligence officials who wrote the letter had reason to be suspicious.
1: We knew that the Russians had intervened and were continuing to intervene in the general sense. And this looked like it had the earmarks that this might be one element.
0: That's Mike Vickers, a career U.S. military and intelligence official who was one of the signatories to the letter. He served in both Democratic and Republican administrations, including as Under-Secretary of Defense for Intelligence during Obama's first term. When I interviewed Vickers about his memoir last year, I asked him how he came to sign the letter without knowing for sure if the laptop emails were or were not Russian propaganda.
1: And the letter was carefully worded that... uh... Nobody has any knowledge that, the, that that was the case. I mean, it's one one of the reasons I agreed to sign it. And there were a lot of Russia experts among that group who'd spent their whole life working on that. So I think the letter speaks for itself. I don't think any American should want the Russians intervening. But it's a lesson also that, you know, you can be right about the broader picture, that they are doing things, but doesn't mean they're doing this thing necessarily.
0: So um, do you regret signing the letter now?
1: Well, I I, I generally... Um, Don't think that uh, group letters, you know, if if you want to say something, say it for yourself. But even if it's a group of people you greatly respect, if you're not the author of it, you know, you ought to be a little wary.
0: And what about the accusation that social media companies like Facebook and Twitter were also part of the conspiracy to quash the story? Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg told Joe Rogan in 2022 the story had quote fit the pattern of an earlier FBI warning. The background here is the FBI I think basically came to us some some folks on our team
2: and was like, "Hey, um just so you know, like you should be on high alert, there was the, we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have
0: it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of, um, uh, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. Facebook limited how much its algorithm shared the New York Post articles for a week so third-party fact-checkers could vet the reporting. Still, the story reportedly received 54 million views on Facebook in that first week. Twitter suspected that the laptop content might have been illegally hacked. It blocked links to the New York Post articles and temporarily froze the newspaper's account. It isn't
4: obvious what the right response is to a suspected but not confirmed cyber attack by another government on a presidential election.
0: That's Joel Roth, the former head of Twitter's Trust and Safety Unit. He told the House committee at first glance his team thought the Hunter laptop story was a replay of Russian accounts stoking division and disinformation. But in hindsight, he said Twitter made a mistake.
4: I believe Twitter erred in this case because we wanted to avoid repeating the mistakes of 2016.
0: Though it may have erred, former Twitter lawyer James Baker said the company didn't violate the First Amendment, which after all only prohibits government censorship.
2: As a private entity, the First Amendment protects Twitter and its content moderation decisions.
0: Still, the FBI didn't help the social media companies assess the validity of the laptop contents, according to congressional testimony by an FBI section chief, despite having been in possession of the laptop for nine months. When Facebook and Twitter asked the FBI for guidance, the FBI said, in effect, no comment. Nonetheless, within 24 hours of the block, the New York Post's account and the articles were back up on Twitter. It now seems fair to say that the idea that the mainstream news media, major social media platforms, and the intelligence community were all in an unholy alliance to protect the Bidens and censor the laptop is overwrought. But for Hunter Biden, his next wave of troubles was about to begin. A year before Hunter abandoned his laptop in 2018, the Trump Justice Department began investigating him for tax evasion. David Weiss, the U.S. attorney for Delaware, appointed by Trump, and atypically kept on the job by Biden, reached a plea bargain with Hunter for failing to pay more than $100,000 in back taxes. Having paid up with interest and penalties, Hunter would be sentenced to two years probation. Hunter would also avoid prosecution on a gun charge, for having lied on a background check form when he bought a Colt Cobra revolver. He had checked the box, affirming he wasn't an illegal drug user, even though he was actively using crack cocaine. Republicans denounced the plea agreement as a sweetheart deal. IRS agents testified at House committee hearings that Weiss had slow-walked the five-year investigation and was stymied by Biden's Justice Department headquarters. Missouri Republican Representative Jason Smith chairs the tax writing House Ways and Means Committee.
4: The DOJ and the IRS gave preferential treatment to the president's son during a criminal investigation into his taxes. Americans should not have to accept two tiers of justice in this country. One if your last name is Biden and one for everybody else.
0: When Hunter appeared in Wilmington Federal Court last year before an inquisitive Trump-appointed federal judge, the plea deal quickly fell apart. U.S. Attorney Weiss then asked to be elevated to special counsel status, and Biden's Attorney General Merrick Garland agreed, as he put it, in the public interest. Weiss soon refiled much more serious gun and tax evasion charges.
4: Tonight, the legal jeopardy for the president's son, the 56-page indictment that accuses Hunter Biden of $1.4 million tax evasion scheme. As
0: prosecutors say, Weiss accused Hunter of failing to pay taxes over four years and said Hunter had sufficient funds to pay, but he chose not to, even after regaining his sobriety. For example, the indictment said that Hunter bought a Porsche and spent $17,500 a month on a lavish house in Venice Beach, California. Special counsel David
3: Weiss insisting that during that time, Biden was living an extravagant lifestyle. Spending on drugs, escorts and girlfriends, luxury hotels, rental properties, exotic cars, clothing. In short, everything
0: but his taxes. More than 10 million Americans fail to pay taxes every year. And most cases are resolved with a civil settlement. Hunter's defense attorney, Abby Lowell, said Weiss had bowed to Republican pressure and that based on the facts and the law, if Hunter's last name was anything other than Biden, the charges would not have been brought. He certainly did things that he's not proud of. But wait,
3: what happened since? He got himself sober in 2019 and he paid all of the taxes that are owed in this indictment more than two years ago, with interest in penalties, nobody in that position would be charged the way he was yesterday. Nobody.
0: Besides defending himself in court, Hunter is on offense. He sued John Paul Mac Isaac, the man who released his laptop contents to the world, for invasion of privacy. Hunter also defied a subpoena from the House Oversight Committee for a closed-door deposition, saying he preferred to answer the committee's questions in a public hearing. When the committee rejected that idea, Hunter spoke to reporters outside the Capitol. For six years,
3: MAGA Republicans have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They've ridiculed my struggle with addiction, They have belittled my recovery, and they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father, who has devoted his entire public life to service. Let me state as clearly as I can, my father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma. Not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman. Not in my investments at home
0: nor abroad. Hunter didn't address his pending criminal charges, but he did say this. In the depths of my addiction, I was
3: extremely irresponsible with my finances. But to suggest that is grounds for an impeachment inquiry is beyond the absurd. It's shameless. There is no evidence to support the allegations that my father was financially involved in my business because it did not happen.
0: Later that very day, the House of Representatives voted officially to authorize the impeachment inquiry. You won't be surprised to hear that it was a 100% party line vote. On this vote, the yeas are 221 and the nays are 212. The resolution is adopted. But in the Democratic-controlled Senate, articles of impeachment would be dead on arrival. Even Republicans who've investigated the Bidens, like Iowa Senator Charles Grassley, have been skeptical.
5: I'm going to just follow the facts where
3: they are, and the facts haven't taken me to that point where I can say that the president's guilty of anything.
0: Richard Painter, who worked for Republican President George W. Bush, shares that view. I am
5: concerned about the appearances of sons and daughters of prominent politicians going around and scaring up business with people who want something from those politicians. It's a common problem. I just don't see any evidence of a quid pro quo, of official action in exchange for anything connected to Hunter Biden. Uh, So the Biden family did not cross the legal lines.
0: You don't think, other than the appearances, that this didn't look kosher, it's not illegal?
5: It was not illegal. I wish that the vice president made a decision to recuse from matters involving Ukraine if he could not persuade Hunter Biden to do something else other than join the Breesma board. But there's no requirement that that be done. The financial conflict of interest statute in the federal government does not apply to the financial interests of one's grown children. You know, at the end of the day, he didn't violate the law, and uh, I don't see any evidence of any influence in the Biden administration on the part of Hunter or anyone Hunter is associated with.
0: But as a chief ethics officer in the George W. Bush White House, you were quite firm when these kinds of potential entanglements came up that there was no sort of special access for other members of the Bush family.
5: Well, there has to be evidence of quid pro quo to prove a violation of the bribery statute. But there are lots of situations that fall well short of quid pro quo where the job of the ethics lawyer is to say, no, this doesn't work. This doesn't pass the smell test. May or may not be technically legal, but doesn't pass the smell test. And I had to do that all the time in the Bush administration. And there's some people who liked me because of it. And then there's some people who didn't like me because of it. I believe the president was grateful.
0: One big irony here is that Joe Biden doesn't need any money from his son, Hunter. The president and first lady are rich in their own right. Michael LaRosa said their wealth, earned as private citizens, has been publicly disclosed. When they left the vice presidency, both Joe and Jill Biden signed contracts
4: for book deals. And both of those book deals combined came up to $17 million. They also were on the paid speaking circuit. So
0: suddenly they're making serious money.
4: They were very comfortable, I would say. But... They're also not the exception to this. You know, Ronald Reagan made millions off of paid
0: speeches. Yeah, I remember that well. When Reagan went to Japan and got $2 million for a speech, it was a huge controversy. Of course, now that seems rather quaint. Right. (laughs) But obviously, the Obama's reportedly got around $65 million for their book contracts, and that turned out to be a very good investment. Exactly. So the overall construct that Joe Biden somehow was getting paid off by Hunter Biden... Oh, it's ridiculous. Of course, being comfortably rich doesn't mean you don't want to get richer. Donald J. Trump often boasts about being a multi-billionaire, and he continued to own the Trump Organization as a candidate and as president. When Trump took office in 2017, Richard Painter, a lifelong Republican, sued him as a plaintiff in a lawsuit led by Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington over the money the Trump Organization was earning from foreign sources.
5: The founders, when they drafted the Constitution, put the emoluments clause in there saying specifically that no person holding a position of trust with the United States government can receive any gift or title or profit or benefit, that's the word a monument it means profit or benefit, from a foreign government while in office. Nobody, not the president, not a member of Congress, not a secretary of state, nobody holding a position of trust with the United States government can do that. And we have never had a president who was receiving a emoluments, profits, and benefits from dealings with foreign governments until Donald Trump. And when he won the election, we called on him to sell off the Trump Organization assets abroad they were accepting money from foreign governments. And there would have been many ways to do that, and Donald Trump adamantly refused, and that's why we took him to court.
0: The lawsuit never made it to trial and was dismissed as moot when Trump exited the White House. But Democrats on the House Oversight Committee recently issued a report based on documents from Trump's accountants that found Trump's hotels and condos received at least $7.8 million from 20 foreign governments and entities, including $5.5 million from China while Trump was in the White House, Saudi Arabia was the second biggest spender, followed by Qatar, Kuwait, and India. Then they are his children. Throughout his father's presidency, Donald Trump Jr. personally promoted Trump-branded projects overseas, such as the Trump Tower in Delhi, and along with his brother Eric, opened a golf course in the United Arab Emirates. What was even more eyebrow-raising, Trump's daughter Ivanka and her husband Jared Kushner worked in the West Wing as senior advisors while earning tens of millions of dollars a year in their private businesses, mainly a fashion line for Ivanka and real estate for Jared. The House Democrats' report highlighted how Ivanka won trademarks to license her brand in China after dining with the Chinese president, Xi Jinping, at Mar-a-Lago. Afterward, the report notes, President Trump announced U.S. sanctions on Chinese cell phone maker ZTE would be reversed. I asked Richard Painter about all this Trump family business. As you recall, President Trump's first foreign trip was to Saudi Arabia. It was regarded as unusual because typically an American president on a first presidential trip visits a close American ally like Canada or Mexico, a democracy, not an absolute monarchy. And as a result of that trip, the Trump administration aligned itself very closely with Saudi Arabia's uh blockade of gutter and other, other kind of foreign policy goals of Saudi Arabia. Flash forward four years, Jared Kushner, who has the distinction of making the worst real estate investment in Manhattan's history with the 666 Fifth Avenue building, then gets a $2 billion investment in his investment fund after he left the White House. I mean, what do you make of that?
5: Well, it looks like a kickback. Now, proving the quid pro quo is going to be awfully hard. What we do know about Jared Kushner is when he was in the White House, he was doing a lot of Middle East policy, including organizing a $110 billion arms sale to Saudi Arabia. Jared Kushner apparently got on the phone with the chief executive officer of Lockheed Martin and persuaded her to cut the price for Saudi Arabia on this arms deal. If that doesn't look like a payoff or emoluments, I don't know what that is. And I've called on the United States House of Representatives and the Senate to investigate that. And I know the House now won't investigate anything unless somebody is a Democrat. Uh, I mean, that's the sad situation we're in. Uh, These investigations are partisan. Instead of focusing on was the law violated? And our national security is at stake here.
0: Hunter Biden is now scheduled to testify before the House Oversight Committee at the end of this month. His trial on tax evasion is scheduled for this summer. 2024 will surely be one of the most contentious years in American politics. And at the heart of that will be the continuing saga of Hunter Biden, who acts as something of a Rorschach test for Republicans who see him as the avatar of the supposed Biden crime family, and for Democrats who see him as having overcome his long struggles with addiction, making restitution for all his unpaid taxes, and being the victim of a witch hunt If you're interested in some of the issues and stories that we discussed in this episode, we recommend The Last Politician: Inside Joe Biden's White House and the Struggle for America's Future by Frank Four and Beautiful Things: A Memoir by Hunter Biden. They're both available on Audible. In the Room with Peter Bergen is an Audible original, produced by Audible Studios and Fresh Produce Media. This episode was produced by Phil Hirschkorn, with help from Holly DeMuth. Our executive producer is Alison Craiglow. Katie McMurrin is our technical director. And our staff also includes Alexandra Salomon, Eric German, Laura Tillman, Luke Cregan, J.P. Swenson, and Sandy Malara. Our theme music is by Joel Picard. Our executive producers for Fresh Produce Media are Colin Moore, Jason Ross, and Joe Killian. Our head of development is Julian Ambler. Our head of production is Eleanor Bavietz. Maureen Trainer is our head of operations. Our production manager is Herminio Ochoa. Our production coordinator is Henry Koch. And our delivery coordinator is Anna Paula Martinez. Audible's Chief Content Officer is Rachel Giazza. Head of Content Acquisition and Development and Partnerships, Pat Shaw. Special thanks to Marlon Kalby, Alison Weber, and Vanessa Harris. Copyright 2024 by Audible Originals, LLC. Sound recording copyright 2024 by Audible Originals, LLC.